think of it like a tracking number, okay? A publishing company creates a book and they choose a buy sack for that book. Then every store who, you know, one store only has 12 aisles, another has 400 aisles, you know, and then one's an online store, et cetera. They all may call different categories, but they all understand the BISAC codes. Mm -hmm. And so when that book is sent to them, they've already in their system, their database know that, okay, these 400 BISACs convert into this one category slash one, you know, code or row. And this other one's like, oh, these 23 go into that one. So it's just helping for, for processing and keeping track and, and taking the books. So when Amazon asks you for that category, they're actually asking you to list one of the 4,000 BISACs. Hey, it's Matt, and this is Pass the Secret Sauce. Hey, hey, everyone. Today's guest, we have Dave Chisen, who is the founder of Kindlepreneur and Rocket. So... Basically, Dave started a number of years ago figuring out exactly how you can rank your Kindle book or your book in Amazon to be highly ranked. And he has a interesting story about how he started all of this and how he or why he decided to release a lot of these tips and information basically for free. So if you're writing a book or launching a book or maybe you have launched a book and you're struggling to get anyone to see it, you may want to check out Kindlepreneur and learn from a lot of free online material, a lot of videos sort of walking through the steps and the processes of how to successfully sell your books on Kindle and, and Amazon. So it was a great conversation. I learned a lot about how Amazon works and Dave gave some great advice on, again, how to make your products successful on Amazon. So with that, enjoy Dave Chisholm's episode. Dinner table. Well, that's a really good question. My dad was in the military, so half the time he was out to sea. My mom was a nurse, so dinner wasn't exactly collective. I was the only child. So as a child, I can't say there is a time where I have a particular dinner table in mind. We average moving every 1.5 years to a different wow. state or location. I've lived in Canada as well as all over the United States. So I can't say I can really place one dinner table or one image in my mind. You, uh, Probably a weird response to that question. No, no, no. no. Everybody has their own responses. What, what, what's been the favorite place that you, uh, that you remember? What was some of the best cities that you were, or favorite cities, I should say? Well, so my dad was in the military and then I joined the military. I did submarines and then I was a uh, military diplomat, which got me all over the place. I specialized in East Asia. I was actually a Chinese specialist, so I'm fluent in Mandarin Chinese. Oh, wow. uh, but the funny thing is the military never sent me to China. Uh, instead, <laughs> though, I'd have to say my all-time favorite was the Maldives, which, I mean, that's just a slam dunk. If, if you haven't been there, it is by far the most gorgeous scuba diving in the world. Absolutely beautiful islands. And for any Star Wars fans out there, 
if you've seen the movie Rogue One, that beach scene, you know, the end scene of the movie, that's the Maldives. As a matter of fact, that's actually a, a special island where the uh, special forces train. It's actually where their base is. And if anything, I, I could say my claim to fame is that that landing platform where a lot of it's shot, my division actually helped build that. So it's like, I can say I've technically built something for the empire. So oh, that's as a nerd, cool. I'm like that's pretty cool. jazzed about it. <laughs> that's very, very cool. So, so growing up, did you, did you have any type of entrepreneurial tendencies or anything like that? Were you the kid that was selling candy or, or you know, had any like side job type things or anything like that? Uh, when I was a kid, I'd say the only thing I ever did was we lived on a golf course and I'd go to the uh, lake and I would basically fish out the golf ball that the golfer hit in there and then turn around and sell it to him for like a yeah. dollar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it was, it was fun. It was great money. I also learned how to run away from the, uh, from the dude, the security dude who's supposed to stop me from doing it. <laughs> it's, no, I wouldn't say that there was anything else uh, in my younger life. However, I would say one thing where it kind of helped turn a corner was, was that when I was in college, I went to Miami of Ohio my freshman year. And I joined a fraternity there, Sigma Pi, and then I transferred to Wisconsin my sophomore year. And instead of switching to a different fraternity, I decided to start Sigma Pi there. Now, I know a lot of people, there's, there's probably some negativity about fraternities, and a lot of it's probably true and, and mm -hmm. justified. But when you're starting your own organization, you have an ability to create kind of a culture and a true understanding of what should and shouldn't be done through sort of leadership and standing your ground and trying to recruit the right kind of people, you can create something greater. Mm -hmm. I think that was a huge message for me, especially as like my team at Kindlepreneur and Rocket have grown. I think mm -hmm. it's been very important. The other thing too is you're, you're trying to convince a bunch of, of college guys who don't have much money that they should mm -hmm. pull together, use their resources, and to build something. Like you have to have a bit of marketing there. And I, I think that was a really huge life lesson. And for me... Uh, that had a major effect on later in life, shall we say, preparing me maybe for entrepreneurship than I did with my college degree. So, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. So, so you you talked about leadership and all of that. Can you can you get into and and which one did you start first, Kindlepreneur or Rocket? Which one which one was started Kindle, first? Kindlepreneur. Yep. So I had been at the time I was in South Korea. The military had deployed me without my family, and I actually I have dyslexia, so I've never been. A great writer. As a matter of fact, I grew up my entire life believing that I wasn't meant to write. So I stuck to math. I went into physics. I did nuclear engineering. Like I was like as far away from writing as possible. But that doesn't mean that you lose the desire inside of you, right? You may say to yourself, you're not meant for something, but there's a lot of times where we're like, boy, I, I really want to. And so while I was in South Korea, I started to get into writing. What I learned was, is that I was not a good enough writer to sit down and write anything I wanted. I can't write a subject, you know, like, you know, just think of these amazing writers out there, columnists, like I can't take a topic and make you be entertained. I'm not that great. But I did learn was that when I understood what somebody wanted to know, then I didn't need to be the best writer or the best orator. Mm -hmm. So long as I had the answer that those people needed because they couldn't find it. Yeah. And I was already doing most of my job. And so when I started doing that, I started to realize that there was a place in the, in the market for, for me. And through effort and sheer will and determination and criticism, I've improved my writing greatly. And I think it's important and I have a long way to go to become a great writer. Mm -hmm. But so long as you truly are serving the needs of people, you, know, you don't have to be Ernest Hemingway. And I think that was the biggest lesson for me when I first started. And I really studied 
Amazon and why Amazon chose to show one book over another. Mm -hmm. I tried to understand the market so that I could better serve. And through all of that experience and understanding is what led me to create Kindlepreneur.com, my website. My goal, honestly, is that every article that I write there is something where somebody can take, learn, turn around, do, and see results. And if mm -hmm. it's not, then I, I don't want it on there. Mm -hmm. And so that grew. I think I, I, I worked on it for over a year, constantly, actually two years before Rocket came out. But mm -hmm. a big thing was, is that this was, I, I wanted some way to take all of my knowledge and experience and put it into something to make it easier. Because yeah. when I started talking about these things, it was Excel sheets and numbers and, and authors are like, ah, you know, rightfully so. So first Kindlepreneur came out and then Rocket. Okay, got it, got it. So can you talk a little bit about why you even created Kindlepreneur in the first place? I mean, you kind of touched on some things. Did you see a need in the market? You know, were you serving your own uh, challenges that, that you, know, you, you were looking for your own solution? Yeah. So there were, there were a couple of things that really led me to it. The first was I really saw that there was a giant hole in, in the understanding of Amazon. Back then, uh, we're talking like six, seven years ago or so, there, it was kind of the aftermath of the Kindle gold rush, you know, um, eight, nine years ago, you know, when KDP was kind of like the wild, wild west, you could write anything and you were making money. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of authors started to sell the dream. Okay. And the biggest thing that they sold was the idea that you pick a magic keyword, mm -hmm. you put it in there and you're going to make lots of money. Mm -hmm. However, though, people quickly learn again through the year. So I'm almost going through a history lesson of KDP here. Mm -hmm. uh, through that time period, people started to realize that this was just a scammy tactic mm -hmm. that it was, it didn't work anymore because now everybody knew about it. And on top of that, bad books were entering in the market and flooding it. And this is causing issues. So when I started Kindlepreneur, I was walking into an area where the word keyword was like close to a derogatory term in the author community. Like if you said keyword, you were a spammy mix, spam, spam, be gone mm -hmm. with you, you know, kind of yeah. thing. And it was like, and I got it. I understood it. The problem was, was that people needed to change their perspective and understanding like, no, it's not that keywords are bad. It's the people who did that and they didn't fully understand what they were doing and what the issues it caused. So I kind of walked into the industry shaking my head like, I may be a social pry if I keep this up, you know, but yeah. let's try to figure out the right way to do it. And it's more than that. You just can't pick a magic keyword, snap your fingers and bam, there you are making millions of dollars. And anybody who says that is a spamming spam. Hey, it's Matt. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know that I've been involved in the multifamily real estate realm for a while. It's something that I truly, truly enjoy, and I wanted you, my listeners, to be the first to know about something new coming out. We're calling it the MultiWiser Deal Room. It's a community of individuals just like you who want to get wise about multifamily real estate investing, developing, and even owning and managing your own complexes. You'll be able to network with people from all sections of the industry, from investors looking for deals, project managers looking for investors, real estate brokers, property management agencies, contractors, remodeling experts, finance gurus, you name it, we're going to have it in the network. I've been at this for a while, and I know it takes a community to make just one of these projects happen. And the MultiWiser Deal Room is my attempt to shorten your learning curve and get you plugged into leading experts fast who can help you close your own deals. We start off with a video glossary of over 150 commonly used terms to increase your understanding and help you get moving. 
Also included in the community are training videos to help you be successful, like how to put together a pitch deck, build a team, and so much more. We're going to have live interactive Zoom calls where you can ask your questions and learn from people who are actually out there in the industry doing it. For more information, go to multiwiser.com. But they are a critical part to your overall marketing effort. And I think that was a huge driving factor for me is to be able to say, guys, like, it's almost like you've been abused over these things. And I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, I really understand why there's a bit of hate here. But if you're a great writer, you need to understand this component of it. And it's a very critical piece to the overall puzzle of becoming a successful author. And that was kind of my, I hate to say rally cry, but that was kind of my uh, modus operandi, my, you know, my, my, my creed that I kind of put together. And so that was what really drove the website Kindlepreneur for a very long time. And it wasn't just that, there were so many other things that were either misconstrued or that nobody was ever giving the full details. Um, mm -hmm. There were a lot of things out there where people were charging authors when I was like, no, yeah, let's make that free. You know, here you go. And so there were just a lot of things like that. Like our book description generator, back when I created that, there was somebody out there actually selling one of those for a hundred dollars wow. wow. for a book description generator. I'm like, yeah. and it wasn't even close to what we do. It was just, it was crazy. So there's yeah. a lot of things there. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like walk through the process of, of what uh, Kindlepreneur lets you do? Like what, what, what is it that uh, people can expect when they jump in there and start using it? Sure. Well, the most important parts to the website that a lot of people don't know is right at the top, there is a section called start here. And it may change a bit in the future because I have another way that I think I can serve better. But for the time being, the start here page is broken down into the four phases to, to being an author. And that's from creating your idea to then implementing your idea, your, writing your book, to publishing, and then post-publish aspects. And in there is truly my table of contents, my virtual linked table of contents to everything you need to know to successfully do those four phases. As a matter of fact, if I were to write the almighty tome of book marketing, it would just be a condensed version of that right there. It's it, you know, take it. I, I think it's a really important part to help authors to understand because let's face it, writing and publishing and marketing a successful book is a Mount Everest. And sometimes it can feel just over the top and too much and they don't know where to begin and they keep running down rabbit holes and they find themselves never getting to their book. It's killer. Mm -hmm. So I think that page right there just lays it out. And by the way, there are links to things that are not mine because I found somebody who wrote better than me. That yeah. they, they discussed that topic better than mine. So that's where I sent you. I sent you to them. And yeah, that's so I think that's a really good resource. Later on, we're going to try to improve that. We're... I'd say in maybe about a month or two, it may look different, but I think it's going to be a much better feel and help people to understand in one spot. So we're trying to improve it. Excellent. Excellent. So, so basically Kindlepreneur allows you to create all of your, all of the keywords and all of the descriptions and everything that you need for the book. And then do you automatically upload, like do you, do you use the system to upload your book into uh, the Kindle platform or into the Kindle, um, the KDP library, if you will? Kindlepreneur is specifically meant to teach. Every article there is written for the ability to teach somebody how to turn around, take and do. And we're finding better ways to make sure to present the information in a methodical manner. 
Uh, there are no services. There's no costs in Kindlepreneur whatsoever. Um, there's no consulting. There's no extra paid course or anything like that. All the information is absolutely free right there. We have free tools like the Kindle calculator to help you to convert the Amazon bestseller rank of a book into understanding how many books that day they sold. We have the book description generator, which will help people to write much better and prettier book descriptions. You can even see exactly what it will look like on Amazon mm -hmm. from the same font to spacing. So there's a, there's a bunch of things like that. But like I said, it's when you read that one article on how to write a better book description, we give you practical advice and structure for you to really understand, oh, wow, I should do this here and that here, and these things will improve the conversion rate. Yep. That's cool. That's very cool. So, so Rocket, talk about Rocket a little bit. Sure. Rocket is, is my brainchild that kind of came out of necessity. I, back in the day, I used to support a software called Kindle Samurai, but it only worked on PC mm -hmm. and half of the things were broke, but it really did a lot of great things. The creator of it was not an author, nor was that person really invested into it. So they never fixed it. And that's kind of what kickstarted my, my decision to take all the things that I've done and put it inside of something and make it work for both PC and Mac. Mm -hmm. So Rocket was born when it was first created, it just had a keyword feature and a competition analyzer. So in this keyword feature, uh, we help to tell you exactly what people are typing into Amazon. We give you an estimation of the number of people that actually type that phrase into Amazon. And we let you know how much money books are making that rank for it. Oh, wow. So now instead of just sitting back and kind of guessing and kind of hoping, you can see real data to make real decisions about what keywords will best support your book mm -hmm. and help it to get more people to see it on Amazon itself. The competition analyzer allows you to dig deeper and really understand more about the books that are showing up for that keyword. You can see the top 10 books that show up, what's working for them, are they targeting that keyword, uh, how much money they're making, how powerful you know, or competitive that book is, and so forth. But later on, we added a, a keyword or a category feature. Well, there it is, a feature called category feature. What a lot of people don't know is there are 14,000 plus Amazon categories. Wow. And the crazy part about it is that a lot of other authors don't know is when you go to publish your book on Amazon, you get to select your categories, right? Mm -hmm. Well, those aren't Amazon categories. Those are actually called BISACs. And BISACs are an international like stock code. Basically, all the stores generally came together and said, okay, what, what categories do we accept as the, as the international standard? Mm -hmm. Think of it like a tracking number, okay? A publishing company creates a book and they choose a BISAC for that book. Then every store who, you know, one store only has 12 aisles, another has 400 aisles, you know, and then one's an online store, et cetera. They all may call different categories, but they all understand the BISAC codes. Mm -hmm. And so when that book is sent to them, they've already in their system, their database know that, okay, these 400 BISACs convert into this one category slash one, you know, code or row. And this mm -hmm. other one's like, oh, these 23 go into that one. So it's just helping for, for processing and keeping track and, and taking the books. So when Amazon asks you for that category, they're actually asking you to list one of the 4,000 BISACs. I you see. select one, and then Amazon puts you in whatever corresponding category it is. Here's the thing, though. If all you do as an author, select one of those BISACs, and then let it be and let it publish, okay, you're being put in by far the most competitive categories. And sometimes it won't even be the category you chose because it was converted to a different one. So there's only 4,800 plus BISACs but there's 14,000 Amazon categories. categories. Wow. Basically two thirds of the categories most authors aren't accessing 
because they don't know about that. They select their two BISACs when they publish and they sit back and they're like, cool, that's it, right? So what we did was we found all the 14,000 Amazon categories mm -hmm. and it's inside Rocket. So now you can see everything listed and you can also quickly be able to see how many books that day you need to sell in order to be the number one bestseller for that category. I see. So you can not only see them all, make better decisions, but you can also find ones that actually will help you to show up in the rankings and get you in front of more shoppers. And then finally, we have another feature that's Amazon ads. If anybody is doing Amazon ads and if you're doing them correctly, you're probably having to tweak and add and create more Amazon keywords for them. And that can be hours a week. So we create a system that will effectively and efficiently generate your ads for you. That's really cool. That's really cool. So I know, or at least I think I know, uh, that Amazon used to, they would take a best-selling book in one of your, one of your categories and the, the idea was is that you want to start with a lesser known category and then once you're you're selling well in that category then you move it up to the next category is that still true or is that was that never true or is that kind of like what your process basically shows is you know you should start here and then you move yourself back you know move yourself up because amazon's going to continue showing your book more and more is that is that basically how it works there's two answers to that. The first thing is, is that authors can get their book in 10 plus categories. Okay. okay. Uh, you can actually choose to be added to 10 plus categories for your book. So using that information, an author I recommend should target very niche ones that still fit their book. And I'm going to put that out there. Always choose categories that actually fit your book. Mm -hmm. Find like five that are very niche but fit your book and then five that are very competitive, but truly fit your book. And that you have 10 or even more that you can fit. So when you do that, you don't have to worry too much about, you know, where, you know, changing them up or anything. You have 10 and that's pretty good right there. The second answer to your question is that Amazon categories are what we call category chains. Okay. If you look at the actual structure of a category, it will say something to the lines of like Kindle store, Kindle ebook, science fiction and fantasy, science fiction, sci-fi military, and then colonization. That whole thing I just said is what we call an, a category string or a category link chain, okay? Mm -hmm. That string tells Amazon exactly where your book should go, all right? Because okay. the funny thing is, is that science fiction military is actually in five different broad categories, not just science fiction and fantasy. It's also in a whole bunch. So telling Amazon that category string gives them an understanding of exactly where to put it. But here's the thing. So the last part of the string was colonization. If I'm in colonization and I'm number one in colonization, but because my sales are so good that I'm also number one in the string up one step up, which is okay. science fiction military. I'm there too. I'm in all of those so-called categories down the string line. I see. And if I, if I'm the number one best selling book in all of Kindle, then I'm, you know, then I'm showing number one in colonization, number one in science fiction military, number one in science fiction, number one in science fiction and fantasy, number one in Kindle store. Got it. So I don't have to go Kindle score and then another category, which is science fiction and fantasy and another category, which is I'm a part of all of them because I'm inside that string. I see. I see. That's interesting. And does that work? I, I'm assuming that works both with physical books and Kindle books. Yep. That's exactly. same, same, same philosophy. Wow, that's that's cool. That's cool. Do you have any other tips that that people should know about when they're, you know, obviously using your systems? 
Do you have anything else after they, they go through your process that you see people making a mistake or any tips that you can, that you can give? One of the things that I spent a lot of time in is our tutorial page for Publisher Rocket. On the left side of that tutorial page, and anybody wants to see it beforehand just to really see the process and feel way more comfortable with everything we talked about here, you can just go to publisherrocket.com forward slash tutorials. On the left side is videos professionally done to show you how to use a feature exactly. Mm -hmm. But on the right side is what I call like the knowledge packets. And the key is some authors already know a lot about keywords. Some know they're important, but they just don't understand it. All the most important articles or videos to help you become a master in those things are to the right side of it. So when we're here, to, when we're talking about categories, to give an example, I have an entire video, it's a link that you can click, but it's a video that discusses that whole BISAC versus Amazon categories and what they mean for you. And it's got visuals, so it's probably a better explanation than what we had here. The second is a video where I teach you how to change your categories and add more categories. I even get Amazon to call me on the phone because you can do that. It's a really cool form. And I talked to them and I told them what to do. So you can see it in real time. And so you can watch me walk through that step. There's articles on how to choose the best categories and what kind of categories do you want to choose from? So like I said, really develop that out. And you know, we're talking about Amazon ads. I created an entire full free professional course on Amazon ads. And I even teach you how to do it without Rocket. So you can just find that to go on to amscourse.com. Oh, wow. Sounds like you give away a lot, a lot for free. That's fantastic. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't even know that you could buy ads for Amazon. I mean, so is it the same thing? I've, I've got my book that I want to sell. You know, I want it placed in front of these types of people where you're choosing, you know, the searches that would match your ads or match whatever it is that you're selling. Is that basically how it works? Yeah, pretty much. What you do is you're basically telling Amazon, hey, Amazon, every time somebody types in this word into your, your store, or something close to that. Can you can you put my book up there? Yeah. You know, just put it right at the top for them to see it. And here's the deal, Amazon. I'm only gonna pay you if you convince somebody to click on my book. Uh, which yeah. is huge because now Amazon's got to work to get your book in front of the right people. Because yeah. if they show your book to a hundred thousand people and nobody clicks, it doesn't cost you anything. So be yeah. it. But when they click, you now know that Amazon showed your cover and title and your reviews, which is what they'll see. And that person thought that was interesting enough that they stopped what they were looking for. They clicked on it and then they went and read your book description. This is mm. like traffic, you know, with, with a light switch, turn it on, turn it off mm -hmm. there. It's, you know, finding the right keywords, going through the data, understanding what you can and can't do. Those are where that course really comes into play, but it is a way that you're basically, shall we say, working together with Amazon and Amazon only gets paid if they do it right. And they show it in front of people that, that care. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Excellent. Well, Dave, this is fantastic. Um, if, if people wanted to learn more about you or any of your products, where would you say the best place for them to, to go would be? Yeah, just go to kindlepreneur.com. There's an about me page if you want to learn more about myself or otherwise, if there's any questions, comments, or concerns, you know, just hit me up in the contact page to this day. I still answer all of those. Very cool. Very cool. Excellent. No, that's, this is cool. I've learned uh, quite a bit about how, how Amazon works. Obviously it's one of those, one of those sort of mysteries, I guess you can say, and until you do the deep dive, like you have, you, you don't really know exactly how it works. So, uh, so thanks for taking the time to enlighten us a little bit there. Absolutely. Well, it was really good having me here. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. And remember, pass the secret sauce.